Hi everybody, welcome to the OTOT Podcast. This is our thoughts on this. And this week we're going to be talking about writers, the writer's strike, maybe even unions in general. So yeah, we're just going to be talking about just, you know, all the writer's stuff and unions and all that jazz. I'm Trakari Gatson, your host for this episode. I'm Alex. I'm Ali. And I'm Jason. And yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. So we're ready? Okay. So, yeah. So the first thing I kind of wanted to jump into here is kind of just like explaining the value of writers to not just film, but to media in general. Because I don't think a lot of people grasp how important writers are to the development of a quality product in media. So I just want to kind of go around and ask you guys, like, what do you think writers are overall giving to media? So I want to start with Alex, because I know you're kind of like another person who's done a lot of screenwriting. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on like what writers are providing? Well, I mean, uh, I find it hard for anybody to say that writers provide no value um writers the the saying goes that a movie is made three times right first on the page second in the camera and third on the screen that you make the movie start to finish when you write then it can change while you're filming and it changes the last time while you're editing and putting everything together but unless you have that first full script written through you have no idea what you're going to do in those next two stages. And so it is like the most important part of getting a movie off the ground, essentially. You're kind of treating, it kind of serves like a roadmap almost for where a film is going to go in the future. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jason, what are, what are your thoughts on like how, do, I know you're big into, I, I don't know if our video games writers are part of the writers guild association. Do they, are they a part of that? Do you know? Um, I, I, I don't know necessarily. I know some video games have um, like Hollywood writers and, you know, lots of Hollywood talent. There is a, a circular kind of symbiosis going on, but I don't... The video game industry is largely ununionized. Um, mm, got you. But, so how do you see, yeah. like, writers showing up in, like, video games? Well, I think writing is the most important part of a video game, right? Like if yeah. if a game has terrible writing, then no amount of great gameplay can make up for that. You um, think so? I mean, like, what are some of the most popular? I mean, Forspoken. Like, yeah, what are the some of the most <laughs> popular like games out there? I mean, a lot of them are narrative, but if you look at like Call of Duty Warzone or like Fortnite, do you really care about the story to Fortnite? Do you really care about PUBG's story? Well, well, well. Here's the difference: popularity <laughs> does not necessarily equate to greatness, right? So, just because something is really popular and played a lot doesn't necessarily mean it's good. As an avid Call of Duty player, I can tell you, Call of Duty <laughs> is in the crapper right now <laughs> um, yeah. in terms of quality. It but seems they just like no, they just got you a Nicki Minaj Fortnite yeah. skin. Yeah, what are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, and I will be buying it, but that game is still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, no, no amount. I will of, be there no matter what. <laughs> I think I think a really good example of this is um, Cyberpunk, right? Like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. We all know, game came out. It was received poorly because of performance issues. Um, I don't think you can meet many people who are being genuine, who can say that game is not written greatly. They they might say, um, oh, I didn't like the gameplay. I didn't like how it ran on my PlayStation 4. But once you get into the game, I think all of us will recognize that game is wonderfully written. And probably one of the best written games in existence, in my opinion. Definitely in the top 10. So that my, But talking about Hollywood, I do love... You know, I, I love writers. Writers are a very important part of the industry. I can kind of see where people are coming from. Or like, why should we care about writers? Everything that's come out in the past four years has sucked. And I'm like, kind of agree. But I don't think that's because of the writers necessarily. 
Well, I think I, it is because of the writers. I think. Well, I think. Well, it, was, I think can you say it one more time, Alex? I think that it. A lot of things that have come out and have sucked recently, of course, that's because of the writers. I mean, they're just not writing good content. But, I wow. mean, there are stuff that have come out recently which have had amazing writers, like House of the Dragon or The Last of Us. Like, it, it, it is well, truly I mean, up the to the writers to determine whether or not something is going to be good or bad. I mean, I think, like, if we're talking about production as a whole, I think there's so many factors in it that it's hard to just say, like, the writers are like if they take something like the flash for example the flash went through so many rewrites and so many changes in production that it's like that movie didn't fail because there wasn't like a story there (laughs) and because of ezra miller (laughs) but that movie didn't fail because there wasn't like i'm sure there's a writer there that in fact well actually like if you just read the comic book there is a there's a story there a pretty good one I, i would say i like flashpoint but you know, like, I think there's so many factors that go into a movie failing or succeeding beyond just, like, the stages of a writing process. Right, no, I'm so that, uh, sorry. I'm not trying to say that it's only because of the writers, but I think Jason, Jason's point yeah. to saying that the writers don't have any part in it is just wrong, in my well, opinion. Well, mm, yeah, okay. Before, yeah, before we true. get deeper into that, let's get, the let's get Ollie's opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ollie, you, you're, you're kind of, like, I don't want to say you're outside of like a creative field here because obviously you do creative stuff, but you're kind of the main one who's like, kind of like not like I guess tapped in like that. I suppose. Yeah. So no, like, I'm, I'm outside. From... I'm outside. <laughs> <laughs> so from like this kind of like outside looking in, how do you see like the writer's value to like the media that you enjoy and the media that you're like consuming the most? Um, I consume all kinds of media, like including like news and stuff, and I I don't think that there's anything that people enjoy that isn't that a writer hasn't touched you know like even stand-up comedy like some of those jokes are written by like outside writers and stuff well i mean stand-up um, comedy is entirely written i mean yeah well but i'm talking about like i think he's just trying to say by by not, like, comedian. yeah not by the comedian but like maybe oh. some Okay. Outside help. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But yeah, writing is is incredibly important to to entertainment, um, and I I think they should be getting fair wages. Um, sorry, there's stuff going on in my house. Um, hold on. I will be right back real quick. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. While we deal with this technical difficulty, let me tell y'all about all my opinions and why I'm the greatest at everything I do. I do want to hear one. your opinions. Please. Um, uh, what, what I was saying to my point earlier, and I, I'll, I'll expand on this in the episode, is I feel like I, I feel like the writers are obviously to blame it's kind of like a factory worker, right? When you only have so much time, you're always being pushed to create multiple things at once. The quality is, of course, going to get lower. Sorry lower. about that. I... And so, I was saying, like, I was thinking mainly of the Marvel and Star Wars streaming shows, where it's like, there's a new one every three or four months, it feels like, and there's no way that... You, the can't, say that about, these... you can't say that about Star Wars with Andor I won't say that being... for... With Andor being probably the greatest series that Disney Plus has ever put out. I I can't speak to Andor because I didn't like Rogue One, so I just I don't care about Andor. <laughs> so I can't speak to that. I was I won't you speak like to Rogue that. One? Jason doesn't watch movies. Jason doesn't watch movies. I swear to God. <laughs> no, I, 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 I saw Rogue One and I did not like it. I did not like it. I'm to me, Star Wars I... is about the Skywalkers. If it doesn't include the Skywalkers, I really just genuinely oh, don't care. That's why Star Wars still sucks because it's still about the Skywalkers. But <laughs> oh, bro, I yeah. disagree. We need to George we need Lucas to leave the Skywalkers a... behind. Let Mark no, Hamill yeah, take I a think, break. How can you? No, you know what I think. I think Star Wars just needs to stop. It has it had a good run. Oh, let's I... create let's create disagree. a new ID. Let's create a new. I think ID. that universe I think is Star vastly Wars unexplored. Can... 
don't think it yes, needs to be explained. Yes, because it's all about one explore? universe or one family. Why do we need to explain Just... everything? Why does everything need to explain? Why do we need to see everything? But we don't need we to explain. We don't need to explain everything. I just want to see different corners of the universe, right? I yeah, don't. I don't. When you when I you when you tell movie, us it's an expansive universe, you have to like show us the expansiveness. You can't just like if if every story revolves around one is, family. I think the expansiveness is implied. Then it's right? not very expansive. I think they explicitly like what? when you watch the prequel. You can't it's say about that. A trade war. It's about a trade war. You can't say it that, but we, we go to the same planets every every dude. time. <laughs> we go to the same planets, the same regions every time. It's about oh, the I'm same. Uh, Force Awakens. We go to Jakku, which is uh, completely different than Tatooine. Thank you so <laughs> oh my much. god. Uh, uh... <laughs> 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 dude, I... Star Wars needs to move on. Ray should have been just our own character. No, I, we, I we might have died. Star, I think Star oh. Wars would have been great <laughs> if we just never got the prequels. If Star Wars was just those three movies and it was done and it was over with. We went here, we with the central conflict of this story is complete. Anakin's redeemed, Luke is a new Jedi master, the big bad guy is dead. Boom, that's a great story. Yeah, then there's gonna Why be a new bad guy because fascism doesn't die. Well, the only good fascist is a dead fascist, but, and I agree. Exactly. So there's just going to be another but, one that they have to kill. Just do well, it again. <laughs> why? Why? Just end the story, bro. It's over with. Let's create a new story. Okay, so better. do you think um the Mandalorian's bad? Do you think the Mandalorian's bad then? I think Mandalorian season one was good. I think Mandalorian oh season two. Oh, my God. Oh, whatever. Had, had, <laughs> I think Mandalorian season two, I, I, didn't really, I didn't like that season as much. And then season three was kind of like middling to me. Like it had really good parts, but also had really low parts. And then the Either book way, of Boba Fett. Are you saying, are you saying when Lizzo and Jack Black appeared in the Mandalorian season three, that was a low part? Um, I, I am saying <laughs> that celebrity cameos in Star Wars is a oh, low part. Dude, that entire episode, just throw it away. I love Bryce Dallas Howard, but that episode sucked. I mean, I like Bryce Okay, Dallas I do. I feel, I feel like we have to get back on topic. We can't just keep talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Right, so what were you saying, bro? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, I do. I do think writers across the board deserve more uh, pay for for what they do. And I, I just listened to a podcast on this. Um, like writers getting paid like per episode when like their episode is only like only airs, let's say, a third of the year. And they may not get another job after that, like for the rest of the year. So they have to stretch out that money. And living in LA, it's it's stupid hard to to um like pay for like basic necessities like food, housing, and ins- health insurance. Yeah. Um, well, I mean that's just LA. I mean we need to fix California as a whole, yeah. but need to blow it up, honestly. But, but I mean, to your point of, I mean, to your point of um, writers getting paid per episode, there are certain series where a writer doesn't work on the entire series. They work on okay. two or three episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes into a deeper conversation about residuals in the post-streaming world. Well, that's what we're talking uh, about today. We're talking about I mean, that's part of the, what yeah. the... Well, well I, I, I want to get yeah, there. Yeah, that's part of what I think the strike we need is to, about, too. Yeah. I, I think we need to explain the strike first, right? Like, okay. let's, let's understand why I do have something I wanted to get to, yeah, because I think this next thing will kind of help lead into this, because I think now that we've kind of established the importance of writers to media, I feel like it's worth talking about briefly AI, because that is one thing that I've seen discussed, you know, as this writer strike is seemingly going to progress longer than studios right. had imagined it would, is AI, and so... Do you think it's even possible for AI to replicate what a real writer, a real human can with a, with a piece of work? Like, I, I know from what I've seen, they haven't really explored, you know, full like AI writing just a script and then making it. But they have explored AI doing just like show notes or whatever or stuff like that. Is that even like, is that like, can it even be replicated in the same way by an AI? Does anyone have any 
thoughts or opinions? I don't think the question is if, but rather when, because AI is con consistently improving. And even in our last conversation about art, um, talking about Midjourney and like how within like four months of Midjourney starting, like they went from Uncanny Valley to like super realistic. And that's just AI continually learning from itself. So I think that in the future, there will be, there, there's no question whether or not AI can write something. And the, the question isn't whether or not AI has a place in film because AI for sure will be used in film. The question we need to be discussing like as the society and uh, in a, as a whole is how much we need to let it take over, right? Yeah, and I think y'all y'all know my uh my feelings on um AI. I think I, I was very intense on that last episode. But I, isn't I isn't AI. your profile picture in literally an AI generated picture? My my, my profile picture AI on Trump Instagram in a is AI. Yeah, my profile picture on Instagram is an AI generated photo of Donald Trump in a do rag. That's because that's hilarious. Okay. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So as long as it's funny, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's it's still not okay. It's still not okay. But but, but you're tolerating it. Look, <laughs> we can't all live in a morally just society, okay? Sometimes you're more, you gotta bend your morals. And that was hilarious and I had to share it. I had to use you're it. You're like Rorschach. <laughs> hey. <laughs> No, no, uh, can I can I say something to Jason's point there? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, along like... Jason's point, I am a big like proponent of AI. I believe that AI is going to be far more beneficial than it is detrimental. And to what Jason's saying of like creating like AI pictures, I mean, yeah, that's gonna be one of the perfect places for AI to like almost like break into the film business if it hasn't already through like being able to generate concepts which can then later be flushed out by human beings but i mean just being able to create like so many different concepts and storyboards and all that kind of stuff yeah. through an ai super quickly will allow people to basically fast track their own like creative process in order to get their best results yeah, but I think I, I think see, what you're I gonna see that realize, as being harmful though. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I see what we're gonna realize is these companies, people like uh, you know, Amazon, Disney, NBC, Netflix, what they're gonna do is they're gonna use that as a reason to cut out. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying as a society, we need to determine how much we can let them do and how much we can let AI do specifically. Because AI will be able to do everything, as I've said. We just need to put strict boundaries put, into, like... like on it? Sorry? Put, like, guidelines on it? Yeah, guidelines and... Like, and that's... Uh, yeah, and I believe that's what a lot of the strike is about, too. Both strikes, the WGA and the SAG-AFTRA strike, are, like, putting guidelines onto, like, where AI can be used. Because it's, it's naive to say that AI shouldn't be used because it's going to be but uh, to yeah, your point of yeah. it being detrimental yeah that's the whole point of what the strike is to be like we need to set strict guidelines as ali is saying to how much it can help yeah and, and yeah. My, I my biggest issues like, with ai sorry, uh, sorry Trey, I was, my biggest issues with ai real quick and it is how quickly is not how it can be used to help, but how it can be used to detriment. And what I, I, I want people to understand this is that I recognize how useful AI can be used in things like pattern recognition. And so like in a medical field, right, it can look at, you know, the illness and recognize, oh, you get a quick diagnosis within seconds, right? I feel like that was a really good use cases for AI. I think when you allow AI to breach something inherently creative you will see a, a, a lower a lack of quality in the products that come out because the difference between the ai and the real person is that ai isn't creative right all it's doing is copying what it's seen before and then reforming that and uh, in a way that it can use it's essentially plagiarism 
Right, but what do you say to the I've fact that people say there's only seven stories, right? Well, I but see, one of those is a fundamental aspect of writing, kind of like a fundamental aspect of like the universe, right? Like physics. There's fundamental things that a story needs to be for it to be successful. And I understand that, but the creative part isn't necessarily how the story is structured. It's how the characters in the story, right? How the characters are written, how how that how the events transpire. But we all know that most stories are a hero's journey, right? We all know the hero's gonna start somewhere, they're gonna end up somewhere, and they're gonna be better for it. That's how all most stories go. Right. I, I understand right. that, but I've, what the difference is, the AI is gonna say. Oh, I want you to write a story like this. And I was going to say, well, here's every story that's ever been written like this. And let me rewrite all of this. Right, right. And but I'm saying that it's going to, I'm saying it's going to be a great springboard of ideas. Because you know how many times that I've tried to sit down and write something and I just like can't think of something. But as soon as I have an idea, then my mind runs wild with it. I get so much more creative once I have that initial idea. And I think AI is going to be extremely helpful in creating that initial idea for an actual human to go through and run with. Yeah, but that's, called, that's a creative process, right? It's supposed to be that way. Right. It's supposed to, creativity is not easy. Right. I feel like when you start to make things easy, I'm, I'm sorry, because I know Trikari wanted to say something, but I feel like when you make creativity easy, you're going to get a lot of non, non-creatives, right? In a creative field. And I already feel that way in things like music and, and things like video games, right? You'll see people who are not creative break into the industry and and be just money men. And they realize, oh, I have the money so I can get around it. And all AI is going to do is allow these corporations to just cut out the middleman. Why pay a writer when I can have an AI write it for me? I right. just need to, we're right. going to get, we're going to get 10 million but Star yeah, Wars okay. movies so we're, a year. We're, we're getting into a circular argument here. You keep yeah. you keep saying that it's going to be detrimental, and I keep saying that there needs to be boundaries, and I don't think that we're ever going to reach some sort of agreement on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Trikari, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think I'm, I, I think you're right in that there needs to be boundaries, but I think if we could run with the scenario you, you put, or like say the concept artist, I think that like, I, I think if we just say, okay, I want something like this, and then we give it to a concept artist, doesn't that defeat the purpose of the concept artist's job? And I understand what you're saying about boundaries. I think, I think obviously at some point we will need to reconcile a society with like AI's place in our society. But I think ultimately in a creative industry, what type of boundaries can you even put in place really that, that won't allow for a major studio corporation to skirt the usages of real people, you know? Cause like I said, like, I think once again, with the, sorry, concept artist, concept artist or concept art, if we can just say, I want Spider-Man's costume to look like this, why would you hire a concept artist then? And I think even deeper going into writing, you know, I, I think like, if you can just have like, I, I think if we can just say, if you're just like, if you're going through it, say writer's block and it's like, okay, chat GPT, <laughs> give me ideas. I, I, I see that as being um, detrimental because I, I do agree with Jason. I think, you know, writer's block struggling for that idea. I think it's part of what makes great stories. I think, you know, being able to do it quicker will ultimately cost you know, quality. And I think, and as we kind of talked about earlier, you know, I, I, I may disagree, but there's certainly a lot of people who feel as though the quality of films has ultimately dipped because of how the quantity of which we get them with, you know? So I, I, I just, I hope this doesn't sound like too much of a ramble. No, no, no I, 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 just think, no, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. So I just think yeah. that like, while boundaries need to be in place, there's, it's, it's hard to say in the creative field. So that's why I kind of want to go to Ollie Next, once again, you kind of said you're kind of outside of it. So how do you see, like, those two working simultaneously, simultaneously as a viewer of it, you know, who doesn't really see the behind the scenes of the process? I I, I agree with Alex. Um, I, think, I think AI would be, like, used, it should be used as, like, a great... Um, a tool. 
yeah, a tool to like help you start maybe. And if you do get like writer's block, it could help generate new ideas, maybe something that you weren't even thinking of, you know, and it should be that platform that helps you get to something greater. Like even with that concept art, you don't have to like use in a professional setting, you don't have to use like what the AI has given you. You can use that as like somebody's somebody who's not artistic is trying to like formulate an idea and they can't put it into words and they have their AI generate that image for them so that they can then give to a graphic designer and be like, I want something similar to this. They're like, this is what is kind of in my head, but I want to add these tweaks or whatever. I think, I think that would be like a great, it's, it's a, going to be a great tool, but I do think that, um, just corporations and the greed of man, they're going to go overboard with it and just start cutting, yeah. cutting people out of the process entirely. So I, I do yeah. think that there is a place for AI in our world, but I just don't think it's, it's, um, have the ability to not let greed get in the way of the overall yeah. usage of it. Right, right. Yeah. Which okay. I think we can I, I can definitely we'll see get that. into a little bit more on that when we get into the strike itself, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. yes. So um yeah, does anyone have any kind of final thoughts on the whole like AI thing and like just in general? Or cause because if not then we can kind of segue into just like what writers, actors want not just from AI, but what they're asking for in general. Should we talk about unions uh, first, just defining what the union is? Absolutely. Is anyone here part of a union? I am not. Um, we're no. in North Carolina. Are North you? Carolina is the second least unionized state, so I would doubt that no one here is. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, how many unions in the street? <laughs> yeah, the two least oh, wow. unionized states are North and South Carolina. <laughs> leading the charge that way. yeah <laughs> okay yeah at my job um we tried to unionize and we got shut down hard <laughs> so a lot of people left oh wow uh no they weren't fired they just left hopefully they found better paying did they call jobs, a union but... buster I, I honestly i don't know the full story but um yeah Mm, oh, okay, I got you. Okay, but, but yeah. Just a I side mean, note, not so being can, unionized is probably yeah. why we're in the lowest on teacher pay as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of our issues are probably from the fact that uh, um, we're not unionized <laughs> in a lot of aspects. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's this... Yeah. Or something else. yeah, there's just an overall history. I don't... I'm not too educated on North Carolina's history of the union, but just in general, I feel, you know, just the history of unions being demonized, especially in the South, you know, ultimately it just led to corporations taking advantage of people. And then these people seeing it as just how it's supposed to be because of how, you know, the cyclical nature of demonizing unions, you know, people trying and people getting fired and, you know, not wanting to go through the hassle of fighting for more, you know, it's, it's ultimately just like a, Danger, it's a dangerous process because you can lose a lot really when trying to unite. You can lose your job, you know, you can become this like martyr in a way, but you don't get anything. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. I just want to talk about the bad sides of being in a union. I think we should okay. obviously focus on like we the good probably, parts of it. We should it, talk so about I, the pros and cons, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, does anyone have any? I'm not the most educated. I'm obviously I'm not in a union, <laughs> so the analysts feel like more qualified to talk about what a union is and what it does for like its workers. Um. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll I'll say something here. I'll pull up the the definition union definition. Right. Is that on Webster um, or Google? Um. This is Google. You want me to use the Webster <laughs> definition? <laughs> I mean, if we're being official. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll put up the Webster definition. Um, let me see. So a union is defined as an organization 
Oh, yeah. All right, pause. Wait, that was the wrong one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just want to do the Google one then? <laughs> yeah, I want to do the Google one then. <laughs> that was something okay, about. Okay, um, okay. All right. All right, so a union as defined by Google is a club, society, or association formed by people with a common interest or purpose, right? So you can think of something as basic as a student union on like a college campus. I know some of us here are college educated, me not being one of them. <laughs> and, uh, um, or you can think of something bigger like, you know, the current union that's in the news right now, SAG-AFTRA which is a, a union of actors that is nationwide. So. Knowing that definition. Okay. So, right. So you want to talk more about the, do you want me to talk more about the pros and cons of them? Yeah. I, okay. Cause I, I have no cons. I like unions. So okay. I'll, I'll okay. no, no, no. I totally. Yeah. <laughs> so like you said, a union is a group of people that are working under basically, um, uh, a certain organization that is advocating for them, right, in order to represent the many. And so a lot of the pros of unions yeah. are they can negotiate for higher wages, better working conditions, better benefits, um, greater job security, because in order to fire someone from a union, you have to have cause, which goes through the union itself before you get fired. And so it is a lot better for job security versus a, um, a right to work state like North Carolina, where um, you can be fired for literally anything. They don't have to give you a reason why. And some of the, there's not a lot of drawbacks on unions, but obviously there are some. Um, you Famously being like police unions and uh, sure. firefighter unions that tend to, I don't know how to explain this while sounding completely biased, but they tend to, you know, not protect their own right. For what? Whatever, and good, like they tend to protect their own in good instances and bad, right? Like that's one of the big things about unions is that they yes. are very protective of their people in them. Yes, and so people that do, like, should be fired, it t tends to, um, if they're just not the right fit for a job, unions can prevent that person from being fired, which can then cause, like, slower um like uh what do you want to call it uh just like productivity less, yeah sorry thank you uh, less productivity because you are preventing the right people from getting in because you already have the wrong people in those spots um and then another thing from unions is because if unions do grow so large um typically the people that are advocating for you if you don't agree with them too bad you have to go with what they're agreeing for you which can be annoying because people don't really get that autonomy of like getting to make their own decisions um and once i guess I mean, one of the I, last one i think about it like no go ahead i was just gonna say like i kind of think about it in terms of like because the only union i'm really familiar with is the nba players union <laughs> so like mm -hmm. i kind of like hear about a lot of times like a union becoming so powerful that it has that they the workers have more control over like the company i guess but that's also different because they're basketball players making millions of dollars right so right i don't but that's kind of kind of how i hear about it and like when people talk about the negatives of like people getting more power so like at least in the nba sense of getting more power to determine like their contracts how much they make like how what percentage or whatever they're getting right you know, just stuff right. like that but yeah yeah uh, totally to your point the unions are able to negotiate for better pay for their members um and typically that is across the board um it's not like they like favor like people over others which is the whole the whole reason of having the union um and i guess uh i guess the last two like points of like drawbacks that like a lot of people tend to say about unions are it's like once unions get too big and like i was saying about that autonomy of like making your own decisions um, unions can sometimes get caught up in kind of not making the best decisions for the workers as a whole and people tend to think that they can improperly use the funds that they're raising themselves um, and then lastly it is that within unions it's harder for people to kind of like gain that upward mobility 
because everyone's treated the same. And so people with seniority or who have been in the union longer, not necessarily are better, but they get those opportunities to move up first. Yeah, I mean, you know, that goes into, um, I mean, I, I kind of feel that way about teachers unions sometimes, right? Is that sometimes teachers unions tend to protect their older people who shouldn't be teaching anymore. Yeah, for sure. I guess I, I don't know if that applies to things like tenure, right? Do you think of tenure like how this professor who is 80 years old who should be retired and not teaching anymore is still coming to campus teaching because he's tenured and they're not allowed to fire him, you know? Right, yeah. I don't know if that applies to unions, but I, that's kind of like the feeling I get from that. Sure. No, no. I, I, yes, it does. Um, and that is a great point to bring up. Thank you, Jason. Um, but yeah, that is all that I really wanted to say in terms of pros and cons in order to like define what unions are for people who might not know. Does anybody have anything else to add? That's pretty much no, I really don't know that much about unions. I, Does the I, military I not have unions and stuff? What? I, think they're government no. agencies. I don't no. think they're allowed to have one. No, they're not. Oh, I, uh, I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it would, it would be great if we had one. Yeah, I don't think government employees okay. are allowed to have, like, like unions because when you're employed by the government. Yeah, I think, I think having a union would be very beneficial than having senior leaders who don't really care or congress people who don't know what it's like to be a service member talking on our behalf but you know it is what it is okay so jason i know you pulled up something for the rider strike do you would you feel comfortable explaining that or what yeah, the so, demands are yeah the, okay um let me pull it up real quick i want to talk about so um here they're so they're they're striking right um yeah so quote unquote uh, quote the companies represented by the alliance of motion picture and television producers which include amazon mgm apple disney abc fox nbc universal netflix paramount cbs sony warner brothers discovery and others are committed to prioritizing shareholders in Wall Street. Do you want to do you want to go over what the um, AMPTP is first, in in order to really talk about what this SAG-AFTRA um, and WGA strike like entails? Okay. Well, so, yeah, I'll, I'll let Alex do that part. Okay. So, like what you were saying, it's a it's comprised of nominated members from those corporations that are all coming to an agreement on behalf of their corporation through this organization that then uh, is bargaining with the SAG-AFTRA leadership or the WGA leadership in order to come to an agreement um, in order for a new contract to be signed. And so it's not specifically like Bob Iger or anything like that, but they are representatives of Disney and Warner Brothers and all that. So they are relaying that information back to Bob Iger, but it's not like he himself is the one that's saying, well, we can't do this or we can't do that. But I mean, you have to understand that it is also like, it is his company. And so he's going to have the highest say out of the board members for their representative. And by the way that I understand it, it's that the entire, the entirety of the AMPTP has to come to an agreement with the entirety of SAG-AFTRA for any deal to be signed, which is why this might yes. take a very long time. Because Disney could be ready to sign this deal, but Warner Brothers isn't. And as soon as those two have uh, conflicting ideas, the, AMT the AMPTP isn't ready to sign yet. And so that's why this is going to be a very long process. Yeah, And I'll, I'll just list off some of their key, um, key issues, right? So number one being performers need minimum earnings to safely keep up with inflation. So what the SAG after is saying, if this is specifically SAG, I'll list WGA when we talk about them later, but they need an 11% general wage increase to keep up with um, inflation going up until 2026. Performers need to, the protection of our images and performance to prevent replacement of human performances by artificial intelligence technology. 
performers need qualified hair and makeup professionals as well as equipment to safely and effectively style a variety of hair textures, styles, and skin tones. Performers need compensation to reflect the value we bring to the streamers who profit from our labor. All performers need support from our employers to keep our health and retirement funds sustainable. And principal performers need to be able to work during hiatus and not be held captive by employers. And lastly, I have the key demands. Principal performers need to be reimbursed for relocation expenses when they're employed away from homes. Those are the, the key, the big issues. There are some smaller ones that I have highlighted. Um, doo -doo -doo, let me scroll down. Um, things like residuals, right, in the post-streaming uh, world. Uh, things like being properly accredited and reuse of clips, right? Um, and I know we're comic book fans, right? We could talk about... Uh, the Batgirl movie that was never came out, they want um, people to get paid for those projects, even if they're not released, right? Because they're not getting any residuals for an unreleased thing and theatrical re-release payments. So, like, when, um, for example, when something like Avatar was re-released in theaters, those actors didn't get paid again for that re-release, right? And, and all that money that av the first Avatar movie made when it was re-released in theaters, they didn't get any money from that, as I explained in this SAG-AFTRA negotiation document. So how do you guys feel about that? It sounds like it's all, like, common sense things that, you know, should be in place already, or should have been in place already. Yeah. But, like I was saying earlier, like... <laughs> Studios just just want to like hold on to all the money and have like all that power. Yeah, and, and the crazy part is right, like the majority of these proposals have been rejected. Well, hmm. maybe not, I would say at least half of them, just scrolling up, have been rejected by the AM TMP, right? AMPTP. I'm sorry, AMPTP. So like the big one, um. Do, 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 do. Let me scroll down. Can I just scroll say something? While you're... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. The I thing that I want to say is the last WGA strike was 2008. Um, and since 2008 and now, a big thing that's changed, which is changing the way that residuals are handled, is streaming services. So instead of things being aired consistently on television or cable TV, it's now being released as streaming, which is something that wasn't even considered the last time this deal was made. And so trying to come up with a, an idea for how people should be paid residuals for something that doesn't technically ever air is extremely difficult. Yeah. And, and that that's a big issue, right, of why they're talking about they want higher pay, right? Because you're not getting any residuals, but my base pay needs to be higher to make up for the income lost. Another issue is... Um, what, uh, according to this document from Sagatra, what they're saying is that the AMT PTP wants to be able to scan a background performance image, pay them for half a day's labor, and then use that individual's likeness for any purpose forever without their express consent. They also want to be able to make changes to principal performance dialogue and even create new scenes without informed consent. And they want to be able to use someone's images like this and performance to train new generative AI systems without consent or compensation. What and I feel like... Do you want to put yeah, that into I, a more uh, English for some people? Um, they want to scan you and be able to use you forever with not paying, without ever having to pay. Who no, they're paying you half a day's labor, uh, which yeah, the yeah. industry standard of half a day's labor, I believe, is uh, $1,250. $1,250. That's right. how much your likeness is worth to them forever. Um, yeah, uh, that's the big one that the media has been covering, right? Because this AI stuff has all seemed to come to a head within the last six months, it feels like. It went from being this, like we were talking about earlier, this thing that could barely create recognizable images to now being, now we're talking about being able to replace people with digital replicas. I think it's it's getting better 
exponentially. Yeah, it's, it, so, oh, yeah, it's right. gonna get better exponentially. Yeah, That's um, how I was learning like today, work. I don't think that any of those digital background actors would look good enough for a real movie. But five years from now, sure, they could look real. They could look perfectly real. And so they're trying to play the long game here and get all of these things like banked pretty much before they need to like really worry about like oh now we can actually use like ai generated people oh good thing uh 5 years ago we bought a thousand people's likenesses and uh, a lot of that also goes into post death right um i don't know if you guys heard about this but um james earl jones basically sold his voice to disney so that they can use his voice as Darth Vader forever, even after his death. I think that's very dangerous, right? I think that is very, very <laughs> dangerous. Um, I don't really like that at all. And then another key concern here... Uh, that not I even, like, consider it like you're on your deathbed and someone's offering you a substantial amount of money for your family, essentially, and you're never going to, like ever work yourself again right like james earl jones is done acting yeah. like what is it to him whether or not they yeah. use his voice or not he's not he doesn't want to act anymore so sure they can use his voice I, I, that's a whole different discussion case, though, i think that's with crazy somebody with somebody like james earl jones james earl jones has a pretty long career i i, I think if someone like james earl jones someone as respected as him still does not have enough money for at least like another one or two generations to be able to take care of themselves it just speaks to how this is all necessary i feel like at least yeah and, and one thing i do that, that goes back to something i was kind of saying earlier is like this idea now of this streaming world right um that nothing is allowed to end they want to constant you know, constant reboots, constant reuse, right? Nothing is allowed to end. They want to keep using the same people and the same actors for generations to come. I think a lot of that has to do with... with I think a big proponent of this, which I don't think is being talked about a lot, is Disney and Warner Brothers. Because I know for Disney, Disney wants to keep Star Wars and Marvel going for as long as they can. They want that to go on for 100, 200 years if they can, right? So what's it to them... If they like, they'd rather keep Robert Downey Jr.'s corpse around for as long as they can, right? Which I, I, I can understand their point. If I was, if I were to drop all my morals and just think about money, I understand where the corporations are coming from. But a lot of this is not going to affect big actors, right? Who already make millions and millions of dollars. This is going to affect the actor who makes less than. $30,000 a year for their work. This is going to affect lots of independent creators, too. I feel like that's the part that a lot of people aren't focusing on. Sorry. I think that's a, lot, a, a point that people aren't focusing on. So I know um, you, Trakar, you are kind of an independent filmmaker. You want to get more and more into that space. So what are your kind of opinions on that? Um... I mean, I think overall, it's just, it's it's generally scary. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to know that the people that I want to work for see me as pretty much disposable. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think, I don't know, I, I, I only hope that, like, something kind of, like, good comes from this, you know, because I, like, like I said, this is, kind of, like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to write i want to make my own films maybe like tv like whatever i want this is what i want to do so hopefully like some good comes out of it it's kind of just like the main thing that i think about when i think about all of this yeah how would you Alex. define how would you define um what good could come out of this um i when i think about good i think about mostly i, th I think appreciation a, like feeling like oh writers are not just this like you know because kind of how we talked about earlier writing is such a foundational part of making anything you know writing it out planning it out whatever 
you know, so I think for me, coming out of it feeling like at least their studios are willing to pretend that they see us as important. And on top of that, I think a big success would be just like the process of residuals for streaming. You know, I think it, when, when I can hear about, I, I don't know, I'm forgetting his name, but whoever wrote um, Squid Game, when I hear that he wrote it and then the show made like 900 million some dollars and then he didn't get any of that, I'm like, that's crazy, you know? Because like, I, I don't want to like... I don't want to sound bashful or anything, but I do like to think that I'm a talented writer. So I worry, like, if I make something that people enjoy for some company and then they profit off of it, will I see any of that? So I think just hopefully, like, there being some movement and writers being able to truly profit off of their work and just being respected would be, like, you know, can I can I call that a win, you know? So, so you, would, you would rather have... Um like a, a percentage of the gross profit rather than a higher initial pay. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but I believe the, uh, Jason has it pulled up, but I believe that the strike is arguing for higher like initial pay, right? Because there are so many series which get like called um, and then canceled before they ever like even reach streaming yeah. or anything like that. And so like these people are spending months of their lives working on a series which never get produced and they yeah. just basically threw it all away for significantly less than they would be being paid if they were working on like a recurring show. I do think that's yeah. important too. I, I think what I'm coming from is more so like a dream scenario where I'm like, super big deal <laughs> you know but i think obviously like in a in a situation where like you spent time and money working on like if you're like a staff writer for a show i think obviously like in that situation like getting paid more up front might matter a little bit more than like getting a cut of the residuals you know what i'm saying so i think i think what i was speaking to is more so like dream trikari fantasy super duper awesome filmmaker world but like i think just in general being paid more up front I think that's necessary for writers who aren't necessarily in that position. Oh, and specifically to talk about what Alex said is the demands are kind of more pointed towards that these actors aren't allowed to work on multiple projects at once. It's written into their contract. If you work on a project for a long time, like you were saying, and it never releases, and your and your contract is written, you can't work on anything else. Then you might spend a year on something and just make no money. And so I think for, as I understand it, they were saying, yeah, we want higher initial pay. But if it gets released, we want residuals too. The higher protection, the higher pay is to cover the rising amount of cases of things that get pulled off of streaming services that get deleted as tax write-offs, you know. Like um, that girl movie was a big one. There was that movie that Disney released that was available for a week, and they took it off of the streaming service and deleted it. Um, so I think that's kind of like where, where the crux of the issue is. They want higher initial pay, and they want residuals. But because streaming services don't have to report residuals because it's counted differently than a traditional network show, it, it, that's where the whole like, a mess is coming. So do you think there needs to be like a way to standardize that counting? I, I guess. I think, yep. I think with these streaming services, right? The number one issue is that there's too many of them. Because there's so many of them, it's going to be hard to force them all to have some sort of standardization. Like, as a video game nerd here, the closest thing I can equate to this is like how the ESRB was created. ESRB was created under the threat of government interference, right? So all these all of these gaming companies came together and said, we will hire people, representatives, to create a new organization who will lobby for us inside of the government, right? And will also self who will, who will govern us. So they basically were like, we'll become self-governed so the government doesn't get involved, right? Right. Right. No, mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying, but to the point that I was bringing up earlier about the um, AMPTP is that, yeah, what you're saying is it is going to be hard to get all of these streaming services like on a standardized system. However, 
until that actually happens, this strike won't end, right? It's not the fact that, like, oh, it's going to be super hard. Like, that's what has to happen. Yeah. Right. I, I, I agree with right. that. I think they should keep striking for as long as it takes for them to get their demands. Because I do think some of, these, some of what the corporations are saying are crazy, right? Um, what did Bob, Bob Iker say? He was just like, yeah, we'll just wait it out. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. How, how do you how do y'all think this is gonna end? Because me personally, I I don't think it's gonna end well for for the strikers. Um, because yeah, these corporations can just like, wait it wait it out. They have the money to wait yeah, it out. I think. Yeah, I think I agree with what you're saying. Unfortunately, like it's true. Like, because I think as the, this is the point we kind of reiterated, you know, your your superstar actors will be fine. You know, your yeah. your your Robert Downey Juniors, your whatever, they'll be fine. It's really like, you know, the people who play like side characters, who play extras, who are gonna be like really feeling it because like they're not the stars of these shows. They don't have like they're not making like five thousand per episode or whatever, you know. So it, and it, eventually, yeah. oh sorry. No, you can keep going. I think eventually it's gonna be like the same actors. Like you'll you'll see the same faces everywhere, and me personally seeing the same faces everywhere takes me out of the story. Like, like seeing yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I know him as Iron Man. Seeing him in Oppenheimer, I was like, oh shit, that's Iron Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can already feel that way. I, Oscar Isaac is in too many things. He needs yeah. to take a break. <laughs> I like Oscar Isaac. I think he's a great actor, but Oscar. everywhere I go, I feel like I'm yeah. seeing his face. Like, I want him to leave me alone. I feel like I'm being great. But, but I yeah, like it's, Alex it's... wants Henry Cavill and more things. Oh, of course I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh, I like, want Henry Cavill. <laughs> I'm counting down the days until whatever it is, Ungentlemanly Warfare, that's his next movie's coming out. Oh, yeah. Count down the days. Mm, okay. But, yeah, I think that's, that's how it's going to be um, with, like, basic TV shows. Like, we'll be seeing the same actors everywhere because people will eventually leave acting because it's not beneficial it's it doesn't pay well yeah um and then yeah. other people are going to be sucks. like too afraid to get into acting so we'll just have those Definitely. same couple of people until i don't know until something changes yeah yeah which sucks unfortunately we haven't even talked about the writers, right? We we've made we've mainly talked about the actors. I do feel like that's because yeah. you know writers are a hidden talent. You don't really see the writers, but if it's kind of yeah. harder to to ill for them. But writers are important too. Yeah. I, I, well, I talked about this. Oh, sorry. Oh, say what you're gonna say, Trevor. I should say I think we talked about this briefly in another episode, but like so much of the work for films is attributed to the directors. You know, yeah. like, w no matter, like, whether it comes down to set design or, like, how, or, like, what, like, I've seen, even, like, I've seen hair and makeup attributed to directors before. So it's just, like, so much of the, and directors play a large role in the overall vision, but they're not the ones who are, how do I say this? They're, they're not the ones who I think are making it all happen by themselves. So, mm -hmm. like, with writers, historically, so much of it is attributed to, like, well, Steven Spielberg did this and X, Y, Z. This this director is so great without taking a second to say, there's people who are helping them make this product also really great, you know? And it's like, if you look at the Oscars, they make such a big deal about director, you know, best director, you know, best picture, whatever stuff. But they, there's like, they're like, oh, here's best original screenplay. Here's best adapted screenplay. Okay, that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not it, like... It's yeah. Right. Things um, like art and makeup are sometimes skipped over during commercial breaks. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yes. <laughs> no. It was in the la uh, the last uh, Oscars. They had specifically said that they weren't doing any over the commercial break, and it made it significantly longer. But I mean, it was uh, it was better mm -hmm. for the people that like worked hard to win those Oscars. You know. Um, yeah. But the thing absolutely. I was going to say is, uh, this is in our unreleased Zack Snyder episode. Where I talk about auteur <laughs> filmmaking, where auteur is the French word for author, which basically the term auteur filmmaker means that the director is the author of the entire thing, right? He is the person that is writing, he's directing, he's making sure that 
uh, the editing is going well. Everything is done like to a T to their creative vision. And within Hollywood, I don't think auteur filmmaking is a thing anymore. Like it's just, it is so big that to call someone an auteur, like people call Zack Snyder an auteur, is wrong. I mean, he is doing a significant amount of the work. But to say that he's the only one that's doing it is just insane. That's impossible unless you look at very specific, like, indie stuff. Where these people are running off, like, four-person crews. Where then, yeah, you can have an auteur on there. But not on 100,000-people crews, you know? Yeah. And I think that just kind of goes back to what I was talking about. Just, like, with respect, you know? Because, like, you know, until studios start treating writers like the big deals they are instead of like these disposable parts of films and basically accrediting their work to directors, you know, will it, this, 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 this kind of strike of writers coming back and mentioning saying, Hey, we need more. It's going to keep occurring. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Right. Yeah. And to bring it back to a point that I had brought up earlier, um, the whole like WGA strike is yes. Writing for shows that never make it to air, but a large part of it is about like the threat of AI to, writers as well because as Drakari had brought up like do we think that writing or AI can ever be good enough to like emulate a human at writing and I said that it'll be close enough to make some fairly good content it won't be the best content out there but it'll be fairly good it'll be extremely like passable as human writing Um, and I think that's the biggest threat to the WGA right now is whether or not they will be uh, phased out entirely. Yeah, yeah, no, that's facts. And not not just that, but like, not to get into our whole AI argument too, but AI poses an existential threat to writers in more ways than just one, right? But they can be replaced too. But also, imagine having your work said that you've written and worked on for so long being refilled into a, a generative algorithm, right? I I'd go crazy. I'm like I'm not gonna lie to you. You know playing in something I've worked on for months of my life. Something like Squid Games was an example of truck That dude had tried to get that stuff pushed to networks for over eight years. And then what if Netflix was just like, hey, this isn't good enough, we're gonna let an AI rewrite it. I'd blow, I'd blow a fuse. I'd blow a fuse. And that's, that's me. I, it's the, the whole AI stuff is really what's most concerning to me in the terms of writing. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like so far we broached everything that I wanted to talk about in regards to, you know, writers, unions. Is there anything else anybody wants to point out, make, make known? No, I think I'm good. Are we good? Okay, um, yeah. Ollie, Jason, anything you require? Um, Pay your employees livable wages. Yeah. Capitalism bad. Capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism and corporatization is the death of creativity. Uh, yeah. Banksy. Yeah. Uh, oh, don't get me started on Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on Banksy. Okay, well then, thank you all for watching. Um, next week we'll be talking about uh, Zack Snyder reboots. Uh, Zack Snyder, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, we're talking about Zack Snyder on. next week. Uh, see you later. <laughs> but no, I mean, Zack Snyder might come up in this. I mean, reboots, he remakes, imaginings. He always finds a way to. <laughs> but yeah, so, and that is, I think that's it for us. I am Trikari Khalil Gatson Jr. the third. EKG. Yeah. Uh, follow <laughs> us on Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and threads at OTOTPod. Specifically threads. Specifically so. Please threads. follow us on threads. I'm not logging into, it's not even called Twitter now. I refuse to log into X. Oh, That's is it officially X now? It is officially yeah. X now. Oh, yeah. I woke up and saw that, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> you know yeah, what? I mean, I'm canceling our next topic. We're gonna talk about how much Jason hates Elon Musk as an individual. <laughs> also, if you guys, I did, it, 
do is there a comment section somewhere for people to discuss uh, yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, yeah just comment section thoughts? under the video. Sure, you want to ask him a question? Yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear. Just love to hear your thoughts on anything. You know, SAG, AFSHA, unions. Sure. Uh, anything you want us to talk about? Chainsaw, Chainsaw Man sucking. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Hey, hey watch bro. It. All right. <laughs> okay, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> bye bye. 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 Love you. Chainsaw Man sucks. <laughs>